The Luminous Mind, Episode 15. I want to see freedom. I want to see real leaders that are good leaders. And I want to see people living self-reliant lives instead of being dependent. Benjamin Franklin once said, Do not curse the darkness. Rather, light a candle instead. Are ready to set your mind on fire? Then prepare yourself for the luminous mind with your host Rebecca Bowman. Today's fire starter is Brooklyn. Brooklyn lives her life passionately, promoting the principles of freedom. She's founded or co-founded numerous organizations, including Back to Basics Forum, Temecula Freedom Forum, Millennial Heritage Academy. Homeschool and Me, Temecula Lego Club, and Choices in Education Conferences. Brooklyn has taught community classes on the U.S. Constitution, actively serves in her local church, serves on the Community Just Serve Committee, and has taught leadership classes, Shakespeare, and Civil War classes at the Millennial Heritage Academy Commonwealth School, where she currently serves as chairman. Public speaking since age 12, she is active in presenting on topics of freedom, homeschooling, and living your life's mission at conferences, forums, and other gatherings. As a personal mentor and mentor to youth, Brooklyn finds great fulfillment in assisting others in reaching their potential. Brooklyn has been happily married to her best friend Russell for over 15 years. The world is their campus as they adventurously home educate and raise their six children in Temecula, California. Welcome, Brooklyn. Okay, so would you briefly tell us about yourself? Like your family, you family, <laughs> hobbies, <laughs> passions, and, okay. and then your profession, what you do. Okay. Uh, I First and foremost, of course, I'm a wife and a mother. I've been married for 15 years. We have six children, and I'm very passionate about freedom. I feel like in the world today, there's a lot of bondage, personal bondage, bondage in families because people aren't aware of relationships and how to have healthy relationships communities, um, and the nation are just in bondage because of a lack of knowledge and true principles. So it's my mission through homeschooling and also through my personal mission, spread spread truth, true principles, and to really stomp out ignorance and apathy, the two vices. I see ignorance and apathy as being like at the core of all of our, our problems here in, in society. So that's me in a nutshell, and everything I do revolves around, you know, either stomping out ignorance and apathy or has to do with being a wife or a mother or a teacher. Great. And a mentor. Well, and a mentor, mentor, teacher. Yes. <laughs> Same thing, I guess. But. So what is your personal educational experience? You know, how were you raised? Okay. I, w- I went through the uh, public education system and did really well. You know, I knew how to play that game and jump through the hoops. I got a 4.0. I got a scholarship. Went to college for for two years at BYU, and then I transferred to Cal State San Marcos when I got married and went there for two years. And I can honestly say I did not actually read a book. Oh, boy. I read a book and assimilate it to your life until I started homeschooling. And it wasn't until I really read the Thomas Jefferson education book and embraced that philosophy 
that I really started to get my own education. So even though I, you know, in the world's eyes got the education I was supposed to, I don't feel like I've really got an education until I started reading classics and applying the things I was learning to my life and my mission and my family. Yes. Why did you choose to homeschool? Uh, um, my husband actually was homeschooled back when it was way unpopular. Oh, wow. In the, 80s and the 90s. And so he, of course, always wanted me to homeschool, but there wasn't a whole lot of pressure. He let me come to that decision on my own. To be honest, I did it because I felt like it was the right thing. I didn't logically want to do it. I felt like, no, that that seems too hard. My kids should be in the system to be a good example to others. You know, all these things. I had the questions of socialization. But in my heart, I just felt, you know, some people believe in God or the universe. I felt like I was supposed to do this. And so I took a leap of faith and I started. And that's the main reason I do it. Some people who don't believe in in God or or a higher power. I'll tell them, though, I do it because I love to be with my kids. I know that this time with them from 0 to 18 and really 0 to 12 is so short, and I don't want to miss a moment of it. Well, and that's that's the opportune teaching time. Yeah. You can't turn that over to somebody else. The sweet experiences, like I remember teaching, I think it was my second child, you know, doing the reading lessons and trying to get them to learn their sounds. And then one day he blended the sounds together and sounded out a word. And it was like a glorious moment. And I thought, <laughs> I can't believe people hand these moments over to school teachers. Yeah. Not not that that's bad, but I, in a selfish way, want to be the one to experience that with my child for the first time. And it's happened over and over with math principles. You know, they finally learn how to add or divide or, you know, it's it's so neat to see the light bulb go off and to be the one there when it goes off and to witness it and to know that <clears throat> it was because of you and you were part of it. So great. that's the reason I do it. So you talked about the Thomas Jefferson education. How has your paradigm about education changed over time and with experience? Oh, Yeah. 180 degree change. I started out homeschooling and our default, because most of us have gone through the public school system, is to enact public school in your house because that's all you know. So, you know, my first year was with the lesson plans and with the structure. This time from this time you're learning that. This time from this time you're learning reading. And it's frustrating to live that way. And gratefully, after only my first year of doing it, I was introduced to the Thomas Jefferson education, which it's really a natural way of learning. It's returning back to the basics of how our bodies, how our minds learn. It flows naturally if you follow those principles, those keys and those phases of learning. And after I embraced that, things went a lot more smoothly. And the only times I really run into trouble now is when I default back to my, quote, conveyor belt education of the public school philosophy because it is our default when we start to panic like my kids aren't learning enough they're not doing enough they're not reading the you know reaching these benchmarks then I start to try to force them (laughs) to do something that's when I run into trouble so as long as I schools in the phases for us it just works better great so was that the best advice you ever received or is there something else that that was better advice 
the Thomas Jefferson education was life-changing and course-changing for our family. So I think, I think the best advice I've received, though, is to follow your intuition and your spirit and know which way is the right way. But the, but the best way <laughs> for us and the most life-changing was to choose the path of leadership education of this Thomas Jefferson education because it not only, you know, people get into homeschooling thinking it's about their kids, but really it changes you yes. as a mother, as a parent. And I, because I chose this leadership education path, have gained my own liberal arts education, have thus been led to my personal mission. And so that's how it's just completely changed our family culture. And it's also affected my children, but it really has changed me the most. Yes, I agree. That's where I see the greatest benefit. So I'm going to ask you the big socialization question. It's what we all get as homeschoolers. <laughs> what do you think about socialization and how do you socialize your children? <laughs> <laughs> I know it really is the number one question. And to be honest, I even asked it before I homeschooled. So my take on socialization is most people don't understand the word socialization. So they don't understand that whatever you do, I mean, if you kept a child in a room locked away for 18 years, they're going to be socialized. It's going to be in a bad way, right? Yeah. You're going to be socialized either way. Whatever you do with your children, they're going to be socialized in some way. With homeschooling, you can choose how they want how you want them to be socialized. So when I look at the public education system, I can't think of a more unnatural way to be socialized. I mean, when in the real world are you ever going to be locked away in a classroom for six hours, five days a week for 12 years, 13 years? Yeah. Like when do you ever experience that in the real world, in real society? And just to, to be completely honest, the only system that really gets close to resembling that is the prison system, where you're locked in a place, you can't leave, you're stuck there with the same people day after day. Yeah. Because even in the workplace, you have freedom to leave, you could quit, you could even fail, you know? Yeah. This no child left behind system is not based on true principles, because the real world, you can really fail, you could get fired. And, and, and sometimes failure yeah. is good for you. It's a good learning Absolutely. experience. Yes. And the best way to fail or the best time to fail is in those early years in a safe environment in your home. Yeah. So if you can create those less dangerous ways to fail in, in your home, your children will learn from failure. Then when they are out in the real world, they'll be socialized enough to know how to deal with it and they will have remembered you know their past experience but yeah we get out in the real world and we socialize with people of different ages older people younger people people of different socioeconomic backgrounds people of different culture we're in the world every day living a real world you know yeah it, it's really a myth and it's a lie <laughs> to say that you have to be in public school system to know what the real world is because that is not the real world. Yeah. So that's my take on socialization. I love it. What would you say the biggest obstacles that you face and what do you what have you learned from those obstacles? You kind of talked about, you know, reverting back to your public school um, mentality. What are some other obstacles maybe? You know, I think we are our biggest enemy 
I think that every time there's an obstacle, it usually has to do with something about me. I'm doubting myself. I'm, you know, it usually has to do with me. I'm usually my greatest obstacle. Sometimes that takes having a sounding board of someone else, you know, to point out like where my obstacle is, but it's usually something I have to change, either mentally, physically, emotionally. But some of the physical obstacles for me, and this may, may not apply to everybody, but I have six children. That's you know, every year as we add more children to the mix, it becomes more challenging. In some ways, it can become a little easier. But, you know, those are obstacles that I've had to overcome every year because every year is different in our homeschool, you know, as we're bringing someone new into the core phase or the kindergarten age or whatever you want to call it. And you already have your older kids that you're teaching, you know, it takes a little more time and energy and effort and those are some of my obstacles so which i'm i'm going off the radar here but i'm just curious which phase do you feel like is the most difficult to teach the (laughs) i mean in thomas jefferson education maybe we should clarify there's um the core phase the love of learning a scholar phase which one would you think is the most difficult well i'll preface it by saying People, mostly before they start homeschooling, think that the scholar phase or the teenage years are going to be the hardest. And I found that to be the opposite. Yeah, I have too. My scholar phase are the easiest because if they have a solid core phase and love of learning phase, then they naturally love to learn. And then they're off on their own, studying their classics, writing their papers, doing their projects. And you don't have too much involvement. You have a little bit, but not too much. So I found that, oh, wow, that was a nice surprise that this is actually the easiest phase for yeah, me. exactly. Um, core phase. <laughs> core phase, I just like to say it's the messiest phase. I mean, when you have two-year-olds and three-year-olds getting Play-Doh all over the place and making messes while you're trying to work with your love of learners, that's a huge challenge. So <laughs> that's hard for me. And then, because the love of learning phase, I love it it's all new to me too. I mean, learning all this history stuff, I never learned it in school. So I have fun doing that. And I like doing those projects. It's probably busier scholastically, if you will, but I love it and the kids love it. It's when you have the core phasers, you know, it's it's hard to keep them busy and, and entertained and you just have to be okay with lots of messes yeah. <laughs> by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we get done homeschooling and I'd have like an hour and a half of cleanup <laughs> afterwards yes this is a great time to take a break hey fire starters this is mark producer of the luminous mind if you're like me the thought of going out to the store and shopping is enough to make you want to crawl in a hole and hide if that's you then do your shopping online through amazon just go to the luminousmind.net click on the amazon link and shop away also most of the books and resources that rebecca and her guests discuss can be found on our amazon links as well Again, if you're like me, you have already accidentally signed up for Amazon Prime. So most of those purchases should have free shipping as well. Good luck. So welcome back. So what are some successes that you've seen as you've homeschooled your children? You know, I think people always go into homeschooling thinking academics. And yes, we've had those. But I think the greatest successes i found are in the relationships between my children and the relationships between myself and my children and my husband and my children. 
that is a surprising success to me, um, not one that I expected, but as I've thought about it over the years now, I feel like, wow, this is the best success to have, to know that my children are best friends, and yes, they bicker sometimes, you know, <laughs> we all have that, but they have strong relationships with each other, and that will carry with them throughout their life, and yeah. that's my religious belief, beyond this life. And to think that, oh, wow, they could have been separated for eight to ten hours, you know, every day for five days for 13 years. They wouldn't have had this relationship that they have now with each other. And so that is like the crowning success, I think, of of our homeschool. Great. Yes, I, I think we discount that, you know, how important that really great core foundation is for kids. I always tell my kids that, that they'll enjoy having a brother who's a best friend because that's somebody they can, that can be a resource to them all their lives. So, so yes. what are, what are yes. some personal habits that help make you successful? And I did want to mention one more success and that's with myself. I mean, we're always so focused on our kids with homeschool, but really you're changing too. And if you will let yourself and you will become, it's not selfish to get your own education along the way as a mother. I feel like that's been a great success too, that I've been able to learn the constitution and read um, Austin and Dickens and Montesquieu and, you know, all these great classics. So, and find my life mission and to be living that and to have impact in the world. That's been my other huge success. Yeah, so I just thought I'd throw that out there. No, I love that um, too. Okay, what was your other question now? <laughs> <laughs> what are some personal habits that help make you successful? Oh, yes. You know, and these are essential because homeschooling is a lifestyle. It's not just, oh, we do school from 9 to 2. You're learning all the time. The world is a campus. Your whole house is your campus. Your yard is your campus. So if you can automate a lot of those things, it can give you more time to with your children and learning and teaching. So having the chores and the household chores in a system that works for your family, that is going to be your greatest tool. Because if you cannot have to worry about laundry and dishes and cleaning the bathrooms and all those things, if you can train your kids to do them <laughs> when they're young, then it'll take a load off of you. You won't be sitting here feeling guilty of, oh, the house is a disaster and I've taught my kids. Or, or you feel like, oh, I've cleaned my house all day and I haven't taught my kids. If you just automate certain things and maybe even delegate certain things in your home, then your schooling will just go so much smoother. Yes, I agree. And they're personal life skills that those kids have to learn anyway. So why not yeah. intermix them with your homeschooling? So how has your family, I mean, we've talked about the closeness of the relationships and stuff. Do you have any other benefits that maybe you feel that you've gained from homeschooling? Yes. I mean, other than relationships, like speaking academically, my kids, and I don't say this pridefully, but just observing, you know, what they're learning and what their friends are learning, you know, in the public school system, their education is just more superior in homeschool. I mean, my daughter was asking, you know, what's her favorite subject? And she said Shakespeare. And her friends, you know, at, like, at her what's that program, <laughs> yeah, they said, what's that? And then one person said, I think he wrote some books. And uh, I just thought, wow, that is sad and scary at the yeah. same time that they they don't even know who Shakespeare is. And just the, you know, the really, it's their, I think the greatest success with homeschool is their drive and their initiative. So they don't sit around waiting for me 
to say, okay, go do a project, go learn this, go learn that, like they, you know, because that's what you do in the public school system is you wait to be told what to do and what to think. If my kids will just take initiative and, I mean, my son, he gets on eBay since he was 10 years old, gets on eBay, takes the picture, lists it, sells it, prints out the, the label, mails it. He knows how to do that. He's learned a lot about economics and prosperity. And since he was 10, doing this himself on eBay, that, I mean, that was his own thing. I don't even know how to list anything on eBay. <laughs> so just giving them initiative and them taking initiative, I feel like my children are just little seeds that I water. They already have the potential in them. I'm not you know, I'm not stuffing things into their heads. I'm simply pulling out what's already there and their innate gifts and talents that they already have, letting them have an environment where they can discover what those talents are and then grow individually. You know, not all my children are into entrepreneurship like my one son. Others are into being artists and others, you know, are into dinosaurs. And, you know, just letting them grow in their own passions at their own rate and it becomes a beautiful garden you know of all different kinds of flowers and trees and so that's how I view my children my family my on our education well and I love uh, when we homeschool your education can be a lot more in-depth than what you see normally and I think that's a wonderful thing so what are some long-term goals that you have for yourself and maybe your family you know that it's hard to make the really long-term ones I know a lot of people will say oh they're gonna go to college they're gonna do this I'm not sure that you know the four-year college route is right for all of my children so I'm not putting that kind of pressure on them I the the goal really is follow for us to follow the spirit and to know what their gifts and talents are to find out, you know, in their teen years what they feel like they can do to impact the world and then find the best path for them to do that, which might include a four-year university. I don't have anything against that at all, but for some it might not include that. So I try to have an open mind with that. I pretty much, the long-term goal is to help all my children find what their passions are and their life missions and to start living them and to live self-reliantly to be able to live independently of me, to really take off on their own life. That's my goal for them. For me, I want to continue to live my life mission and do what God wants me to do in all things. And I found, you know, enough times now where I'll have a plan and it's not God's plan. So now I try not to plan (laughs) too far ahead or get my hopes up for certain things because a lot of the times that'll change. So I literally just live, you know, you know, day to day following the spirit and what I feel like I should be doing. Great. So what is some advice or encouragement you would give somebody who's just starting out? I think, you know, remembering back to when I was first starting out, the best thing to do is to get a mentor. You have to have someone you can call on those days when you feel like giving up, when you feel like I'm completely ruining all my children. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm crazy. I can't believe I'm doing this. Those are the days. You need someone to call. And and I did. I always had someone that was more experienced and seasoned and I'd call them and they'd talk me off the ledge and they'd help me feel better about what I'm doing. You need someone like that. And and the other thing I'd say is to pray about it if you're a praying person, to know that it's the right path because there will be those hard days. And you can always look back on that time you prayed and got that confirmation that, yes, this is what I'm supposed to do. 
you know, write it down in your journal so you can go back and read it. And then the last one is to just relax. You know, we're always so worried that Big Brother's watching or that your kids aren't going to come out normal or they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Well, and I mean, if you had them, yeah. Well, when we talk about normal, I mean, I really thought that a lot. <laughs> I was really worried about them being normal. And what really is normal and who gets to define that? You know, there is no, there's nothing that says that somebody who has some interesting personality quirks is not a normal person. They're normal for them. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And I think today it's normal to be like everyone else and to be a follower. That's normal. I don't want my children to be normal. I no. want them to, you know, take initiative in their own lives and not be afraid to stand out and to be a leader and to be a light. And yeah, yeah I'm not looking for normalcy. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some, do you have a favorite book or a resource that you want to share? We've talked about Thomas Jefferson education, but do you have any others? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, you know, suggest for homeschooling to research the Thomas Jefferson Education. And, and then the, the second book that goes along with it is called Leadership Education, Phases of Learning. You read those two books. But also, you know, to read other, other education books, you know, Charlotte Mason. And find out what you like. You know, find out for yourself what the best system is. Another great resource now that I didn't have, you know, 10 years ago when I started is Facebook. There are so many Facebook groups for homeschoolers and even for specific, you know, Thomas Jefferson homeschoolers. Those are great resources, and you automatically have a support group right there built in. Yes. So I would say, you know, don't be afraid to use those. Great. So um, how would you like to see the world change in the future? I really want to see more freedom. <laughs> there. There's just such a lack of freedom, and really people don't even realize it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to see freedom. I want to see real leaders that are good leaders, and I want to see people living self-reliant lives instead of being dependent upon, not only upon government, but a lot of people are dependent upon, you know, sugar every day, or they're dependent upon Coffee. other <laughs> people telling them what to do every day, or they're dependent upon the opinions of mankind, you know, approving what they're doing or not doing. I want to see people living independent, self-reliant lives in a world of freedom. Yeah. <laughs> when I see pictures <laughs> of school kids getting uh, frisked or their stuff being gone through in the school system, that makes me sad because it really does set kids up to think that that's normal, you know, that people have a right to search through their things. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. So I don't know why I thought of throwing yeah. that out there. It just seems... <laughs> Well, yeah, it's scary to see what we're what we're embracing as normal. Yeah, what well, we no, accept. That's, that's, you know, directly opposed to our Constitution. Yeah. When people say that they support our Constitution when they haven't even read it, and they're voting for things that are opposite to its principles, you know. Exactly. So that's why I feel like ignorance and apathy are really at the base of all of these problems, and we could just, you know, start in our home, own homes by educating ourselves, our children, and then spreading that out to our communities. Yes. That would really impact the world. Great. Are there any parting words that you would like to share? Or do you have a favorite quote? It's not so much a quote, but it's just relax. When we get in our homeschools, we get so stressed that our kids need to be doing this and doing that and accomplishing this and that. And really, if you just relax, you'll know what your kids need. Yeah. And sometimes what they need 
is to just sit with you on the couch and read a book and to not be so worried about the milestones that the public school kids are reaching because likely your children are reaching different milestones that are even more valuable and they are going to also reach those other milestones but in their own time and in their own way. Yeah. And to just relax and enjoy it. I've spent so probably hours and maybe years stressing in homeschool and now that I have you know, my oldest is 14, my youngest is two, with the younger kids coming up, I'm so much more relaxed because I realize, oh, they're not reading at seven. That's okay. They're going to read next year or the year after. It's all right. It's all going to work out. You know, I'm a lot more relaxed. Well, with my first two kids, I was like, oh, you have to do this and you have to read this lesson. <laughs> and I was very stressed. And now I see, oh, you know what? It flows. It works. Yeah. And God provides ways. You know, when you think doors are closed. So, and many that, times, all your life. kids, kids all learn at different. Even your own children, they learn at different paces. Uh, I had one reading at four, and then I have some that weren't really interested until like ten. <laughs> so, you know, it's yeah. that's stressful in and of itself. So, I agree. Yeah. Can I say one more thing? Because I sure we not everybody will encounter this, but we have a child who has learning learning troubles, disorders, and that can be a challenge for homeschoolers because you don't have the public school support. And to be honest, when we found out he had a learning problem, initially, you know, the doctor wanted us to go to, you know, public public assessment. Surface, and yeah. this might lend into it. That might be right for some people. For me, I just felt like something wasn't right about it. And so we actually chose to go a holistic route and we found a brain gym consultant, which I'd never even heard of really. And she got you know, assessed him to see what's going on in his brain with his pathways. And we were able to assess his speech and his learning abilities that way and reverse them. And now he can read and he can write and he can compute better and all without the other interventions. So, you know, just just so homeschoolers know that there are other resources. Like just because your child has a learning disability or, or a challenge, you don't have to jump into the system. There are other options. That is really great. Thank you so much for adding that because that is a challenge when we have children with learning disabilities and we want to just, I mean, like you said, the, uh, people are just used to using one route to do everything. And so sometimes we don't realize yeah. there's alternative options out there. So thank you. And thank you for joining us yeah. today. It's been so fun talking with you. And I appreciate that your son just kind of listened, I guess. I didn't hear him at all. We were worried about that. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Thank you for doing this service for everybody. Thanks for listening to The Luminous Mind. I feel so inspired listening to Brooklyn. I hope you do too. To be a fire starter and inspire other people, go to our website, theluminousmind.net, click on the fire tab, and become a fire starter yourself. Also, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Google+, subscribe to our YouTube channel, as well as in iTunes. Help us light minds on fire and change the paradigm of education. 